Would you turn this morning to Romans the 8th chapter, Romans chapter 8, to scripture that we've been looking at, our text for our series. For some weeks now we've been talking about the Spirit-led life, Spirit-led living, Spirit-led life. Romans chapter 8. Before we read this, let's pray and release our faith. Father, we thank you for our health and strength and brightness of mind, our prosperity and blessing. Thank you for this church family. and Thank you for this facility and everything that you've given us to enjoy. We acknowledge the presence of your spirit, our teacher. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive good things. Answer our questions, show us solutions to difficulties, direction, help us to come up to a higher place, closer place of being led of you. We purpose not to be hearers only, but doers, those who live the word, practice the word, please you well in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 8 and the 14th verse. Romans eight, fourteen. He said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Can sons of God expect to be led yes. by the Spirit of God? Does this belong to us today? Yes. Certainly. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, or Daddy, Dada, Father. You know, uh, it came up in my spirit this morning while we were worshiping the Lord, and I just, just knew some things that some folk are dealing with, and some of it I could relate to because I've dealt with it in times past. Sometimes people get off to a degree in endeavoring to be spiritual. I actually had the Lord tell me I was in a large conference and it was mostly ministers, not this past ministers conference. This was several years ago at another place. And it was a lot of ministers there and I was standing looking around, recognizing people that I knew and just, I wasn't speaking that night and I was just kind of enjoying taking a minute to, Look around and think, and the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me. He said, Keith, there's something that hinders me in meetings like this. I thought, wow, what? We need to get it fixed then. Something that hinders you in meetings like this. I said, what, Lord, what? He said, it's people trying to be spiritual. I knew exactly what he meant. He's not talking about people really being spiritual, trying to be what they think is spiritual. I have had opportunity, Phyllis and myself, to be around some people I consider to be some of the most spiritual people around. I mean, had the privilege of working very, very closely with Dr. Kenneth Hagin for 20 years. Had Brother Brother Copeland and been around others. I won't 
won't go on, but the people that I consider to be some of the most spiritual are some of the most normal seeming people that you'll ever want to be around. They don't just go around with their eyes rolled back in their head, mumbling something in tongues, incoherent. They're not drifting in and out of the ether waves. Did you hear me? People who are, you know, displaying eccentric, radical behavior, and, and they call it spiritual, and one of the most telling signs that it's wrong is that it's accompanied by heaviness. Did you hear me? Heaviness. That's one reason I asked you earlier, if you're not smiling, why? One reason I know this is because I I went through some of this earlier in my ministry. I had a responsibility there at the healing school at Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And we had people coming in from all over the country and all over the world. Giving up to die, my medical science. If they don't get a miracle, they're not going to make it. And we saw people healed, but we saw people die too. Now sometimes people say, well, see, that means healing is not for everybody. Well, do you see people come to church and get saved and some come and don't get saved? Does that mean that salvation is not for everybody? No. It just means that some receive and some don't. Right? No, healing's for everybody. Will everybody be healed? No. But they could be. I said they could be. Salvation's for everybody. Will everybody be saved? No. But they could be. I said they could be. And we don't know who's going to receive and who's not. So we've got to preach to everybody like they're going to receive. Amen. Knowing that they can. But if they don't. They don't receive Jesus. We're not, I'm not going to fall off my chair and say, well, I ain't preaching no more because it don't work. I'm going to say, next. Amen. <laughs> and I'm going to keep preaching until somebody believes it. And when they do, we'll get results. Amen. We don't ascertain God's will by somebody's failure to receive. Did you hear that? We don't ascertain the will of God. By people's failure to receive. But. During this. some of the, I don't know what was I. A couple of three years into the ministry. And you know. I would feel. Sometimes on a Monday morning. Have a crowd full of people. That's sick. And many terminally ill. And you could feel almost them pulling on you. Desperation. Please you got to help me. Fear. And without realizing it, over a period of time, I began to take some of the care of that on myself. And I had a group that helped me, and we would pray. And we prayed. Bless their hearts. They they were following me, and I'd tell them day after day, no, we're not going to lunch, we're praying. No, we're not breaking for this, we're going to pray. We fasted and prayed till my clothes didn't fit. (laughs) <laughs> finally one day Brother Hagin came by and saw me in my office he said boy you've lost a lot of weight I said yeah he said maybe you ought to eat something <laughs> now see uh, to a lot of folk they, they don't think that's spiritual enough but that was spiritual Amen. 
See, here's my elder telling me something. It sounds very, very natural, but it's very, very spiritual. And I'm thinking, well, man, we, we you know, somebody, we, we had 12 people healed, but we had one person die. Well, maybe if I was more spiritual, maybe if I had more faith, maybe if I was closer to God, maybe if I'd have prayed more. So I'm pressing and pushing and taking care. And one of the telltale signs, I didn't see it, but see, I don't have my joy like I used to. Because this is serious. Serious business. And people see, people take that approach. Well, people are dying going to hell. Well, you being depressed, is that going to help them? A depressed Christian is one of the worst witnesses. It's a contradiction of terminology. A Christian, one like Christ, is one like the anointed one. Well, he was anointed, among other things, with the oil of joy and gladness. Jesus was not a depressed Jesus. I've had people come and, and try to catch me and, and, and they've been holed up for days and they're going to prophesy to me. And there's darkness over them. They're so serious. So heavy. It's a wrong spirit. Oh, it's spiritual. But it's a wrong spirit. Are y'all listening to me now? There's some particular people that should be listening very closely right now. Because you, might, you need to make some adjustments. Because you've been getting off. Holding up and praying and staying in the dark and, and fasting. But you're going the wrong way. And all that is spiritual is not God. There are things that are very spiritual and they are real. And the experience is real. But it's not God. Are you with me? How can you tell that you are strong spiritually? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Did you hear me? I know I got to where I wasn't much fun to be around. I'm sure Phyllis wasn't having much fun when I came in. I'm so heavy. I got all these people I got to take care of. You know, whether they live or die could depend on what I'm coming and preaching them tomorrow. Serious. I was in prayer again. And the Lord spoke to me. Thank God. He said, Keith, you are not the healer. I said, yes, sir. Now, if you had asked me the day before, are you the healer? I'd have said no. And yet, I'm trying to take responsibility. It's a form of pride. Did you hear me? To think that you're that big, that you can do things that you can't do. Well, I'm going to pray this church through. Honey, you ain't the only one praying. Did you hear me? So much pride. So much pride. Well, they're not hearing from God right. And I'm going to pray this thing and correct it. Are you now? Let's look at you in the face. Where's your peace? Where's your joy? Well, this is serious. Yeah, I know. Seriously wrong. 
And it can be serious because people can get unteachable like that. And when they do, and they get where they think they know more than their elders, and they know more than the people that God's placed over them, they can wind up outside of what they're supposed to be in. It's a wrong spirit. They're the only ones that know God. They're the only ones that can hear. Everybody else is messed up and wrong. You are not the only one who has the Holy Spirit. You're not the only one who hears from God. Right? And how can you tell that you're going down a wrong road? Heaviness. Too intense. One reason reason I know about some of these things. I did it. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, Keith, pretty strong. He said, you're not the healer. I said, yes, sir. He said, whether these people live or die is not all riding on your shoulders. He said, yes, sir. He said, whether people are saved or lost is not all riding on your shoulders. So there are people that can't even walk down the street without witnessing to everybody they meet out of fear that blood might be on their hands. If they didn't, well, that's a complete misinterpretation of that scripture that they're trying to quote. No. You're not the Savior. You're not the healer. You're not the provider. You're only responsible to do what the Lord directs you to do. That's what he began to talk to me about. He said, Keith, whether these people live or die is not resting on your shoulders. You obey me. You give what I give you to preach and teach. You minister with the anointing I give you to minister. And when you've done that, you cast the care of the rest of it over on me and you enjoy your salvation. Amen. I thought enjoy. Hadn't thought about that word for a while. <laughs> but I got it. I made the adjustments. I could go in and see awful things. You know, terrible death, the stench of death and Growths and tumors and cancer and people emaciated. And I'd minister with everything I had in my heart. Amen. I'd preach with every ounce of faith I had. I'd lay hands with every ounce of faith and anointing that that I had on me. But then when I walked out of that door. Did you hear me? I rolled the care of that over on the Lord like he told me to. And go get on my motorcycle and blow some leaves off the road. (laughs) And smile while I was doing it. Are you with me now? Don't fall into the trap. Because there are people who who will sway you that way if you go with them. It's always intense. And it's always the devil this and the devil that. And the curse this and the responsibility. Negative. Even when they read the scriptures. They can read 40 chapters. And the part they focus on is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Under thee. See, because that's their bent. That's their slant. That's all they see. That's all they hear. So that's all they talk is judgment and curse and the devil. What are we supposed to emphasize? God. Good news. Blessing. Redemption. That makes you smile. That's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I think that's enough. Are you clear on that? Everybody be clear now. Don't be sitting around in here depressed, morbid, down, negative. No. 
This is the faith life bunch. Not faith dead bunch. The faith faith life. <laughs> faith joy bunch. Faith peace bunch. Amen. Faith is the victory. 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 Overcomes the world. Okay, let's read our next verse. Verse 16. The Spirit itself, or the Spirit Himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. He lets us know we're born again. He lets us know we're part of the family. He lets us know we're children of God. Could He let us know something else? About don't buy that today. Huh? Don't, don't join in partnership with that. No, they're not right for you to marry. Yes, he is. Yes, she is. Don't go there today. If he could let you know you're a child of God, he could let you know other things. Right? And children of God can be led by the Spirit of God. Now, we've been on this for weeks now. And for the last few weeks, we've been into this part of it, talking about keys to increased sensitivity. Things that you can do, practical things that you can work on that will make you and I more sensitive and more aware of the dealings and leadings of the Holy Spirit. We talked about yieldedness. Yieldedness. We talked about openness. Got to be open. You can't just make your plans and be rigid and set. You got to be open to him showing you something different than what you had thought or planned. Clear conscience. You want to keep your conscience clear. Last week we talked about peace. Amen. How that Colossians talks about Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. The Amplified brings out, let that peace decide. You know, between questions and issues. We follow peace. God doesn't, you know, 1 Corinthians 14 says God is not the author of confusion. Those words, author, are added. Literally, you could just say he's not in confusion. God is not in vexation. He's not in frustration. What is he in? Peace. Don't move. Don't make a decision out of frustration. Don't make a decision out of vexation. Follow peace. Everybody say follow peace. peace. We showed, I don't know, three or four or five different verses in the New Testament that says that. Follow peace. Follow after peace. Pursue peace. Well, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of peace. God's called the God of peace. So if you're following his peace, you're following him. Now, number five this morning, and this, these couple together and work together. A key to uh, being led and being more sensitive is patience. Patience. And really peace and patience work together. Everybody say patience. Now patience is defined as cheerful. So we're on the right track this morning, aren't we? What kind? Cheerful and are hopeful endurance. Uh, one definition is uh, a remaining under 
or remaining under. You stay in the place without moving. You, you don't change. You stay. You stay with it. You endure. And you do it how? Cheerfully going, well, we're just, we're standing. It's awful, but we're standing. No, there, there's, there's no joy. Not, not a depressed enduring, but a cheerful enduring. Can you endure cheerfully? Can you count it all joy? Yeah, you can. Now that's supernatural, but because of who's inside you. Even when it feels rough and you feel like crying on the outside, you can find strength on the inside. Amen. 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 And through your tears and through your fears, you can shout. Have you ever done it? Have you ever had tears on your cheeks? Felt bad thoughts, but stand up and by faith shout? Huh? You can do it. You can put on joy. Put it on. Didn't the Bible say put on the new man? Put off the old man with all that that stuff, but put on the new man. People say, well, I'm not a put on. Well, you better put on this. The reason I say that is because people say, well, you know, now I see them all, they raise their hands and they praise God, but I just, I I don't feel that. And if I don't feel it, I'm not going to put it on because I'm real. If I don't like you, I'm not going to act like I like you. Because I'm not a hypocrite and I'm not a put on. I'm real. Yeah. Real carnal. <laughs> Your feelings dominate you. How many understand that walking in love doesn't mean you always feel wonderful towards somebody? You're walking in love the strongest when you feel like slapping them. You, you feel like telling them where to get off. You feel. But you don't yield to the feeling. You know inside you should love them. Love's not a feeling. Now it can produce feelings. Love should be expressed in action. Amen. How many understand you can do something nice for somebody when you don't feel like doing something nice for them? Maybe they've hurt you. Maybe they've done something bad to you. But you can, by faith, return good for evil. You can do it, can't you? Well, you can do the same thing in every other area. You can feel like crying. You can feel like laying in the bed and feeling sorry for yourself. You can feel lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. You can feel worse than 40 miles of muddy road. And in spite of the way you feel, you can get up. Get yourself by the ear and say, get out of that bed, boy. Get out of there. Get out of there. Lay in here and be depressed. God's done too much for you. Go in there and get cleaned up. Put your best clothes on. If you have to, find you some toothpicks. Prop up the corners of your mouth. <laughs> I don't feel like it. Well, tell your feelings to shut up and get in line. We don't live by feelings. We walk by faith. Faith means the word is true no matter how I feel. Right? And begin to praise God in spite of the way you feel like crying. But praise God. 
Give Him thanks. Give Him glory. Shout for victory. Won't be long. Won't be long. Those feelings will start changing. Now you're walking by faith instead of by feelings. Well, patience is a key. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And it is a key to being aware of the Holy Spirit. Go with me, if you would, to uh, Jeremiah, the 42nd chapter. Jeremiah 42. Without reading all of it, leaders of the people came to the prophet Jeremiah. And in verse 2, they asked him to seek the Lord for them for direction. They were in a national crisis. And they asked the man who stood foremost in the prophet's office in the land to seek God for direction. In verse 3, they made a commitment. They said, uh, whatever the Lord shows you, shows us, we'll do it. And so Jeremiah, the prophet, did what they asked. He sought the Lord. Verse 7. And it came to pass after ten minutes that he knew what the Lord was saying. Huh? It came to pass late that afternoon. He got the direction. It what? It came to pass after ten days the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. This was the direction from the Lord. We're talking about hearing from God, being led by the Lord. Now, at the end of day one, did Jeremiah know what to do? How about at end of day three, did he know what to do? Day five. End of a week, seven days, did he know what to do? So what do you have to do then? Huh? Wait, not just passive waiting to see if you're going to get anything. No, expectant waiting. Believing you'll see, believing you'll know, but understanding if I don't see it, I don't see it. If I don't have it yet, I don't have it yet. So if you don't have the direction yet, are you ready to make the decision? Are you ready to make commitments? What if people are pressuring you? They say, we've got to have an answer in five days. What if they'd have told Jeremiah, now we got, we got deadlines. We got to know, we got to hear back from God in five days. Well, he didn't hear from God till ten days. Patience. Everybody say patience. patience. Go to the Psalms, please. Psalm. 25, Psalm 25, in Psalm 25 and verse 3, 25, 3, he said, yea, let none that wait on you be ashamed. If you wait in expectation on the Lord, will you be disappointed? No. Will he come through for you? Every time. But how I many understand? You can't get tired of waiting and go, look, I got places to go and things to do. I haven't heard from him. Now, 
Don't, don't misunderstand me. This doesn't mean you're just in your bedroom on your knees for 10 days. He might have been. I don't know. But how many understand you can wait on the Lord in your heart as you go through your daily routine about a particular thing. You've asked him for direction. You've asked him to show you. And in your, uh, in your heart, it's kind of like you're waiting for the email to come. To show up on your screen, you know it's coming. Well, you're, you're waiting for that witness to come up in your spirit. You know it's coming. And you're waiting on the Lord. And when you wait on Him in faith like that, as you go through your day, maybe it's a day, maybe it's two, maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month. But how many understand you will not be disappointed, you will not be ashamed, the Lord will show you. He will give you the direction. He said, let them be ashamed which transgress without a cause. Verse 4, does this have to do with direction? Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. What's the next phrase? On you do I wait all the day. Now that doesn't mean you're just sitting on a chair somewhere waiting for God. In your heart. You've asked for things. You're looking for things. And so you are expectantly waiting for his response. And his direction. But it might not come the same day. Right? You might not get clear on it the first week. I'm convinced through my own experience and in many other people that I've endeavored to help. People miss it so much of the time by moving too fast. Moving too fast. They haven't heard from God. They haven't got direction. They don't have peace. But they got pressure and they got deadlines. And we got to do something. So they do something. They make a decision. They mess up. And it costs them. It costs them. Need to hear from the Lord. And you ask him and then you wait on him in your heart. Go to the 37th Psalm, please. Psalm 37. This whole Psalm is wonderful along this line. But let me just bring out a couple of these, these phrases. Psalm 37. Let's look at the seventh verse. Rest in the Lord and what? Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself. Don't fret. Because of him that prospers in the way. Because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. You got to stay cool. Everybody say stay cool. Stay cool. You know they have a saying. I just came out of flight training. And they got a saying. No fast hands in the cockpit. Now you'd think. If your engine's on fire. That you'd want to see how quick you could do something about it. But not so. If you just took off. And you're just climbing away. First thing you want to do. Is get that airplane to a safe altitude. You're too low to the ground. To be doing any smart quick things. The co-pilot says. We got a fire. You say alright. We're flying the airplane. What are we doing? Nothing. Fly the airplane. 
Get to a safe altitude. Level off. Get things sorted out. That way, if we dip a wing, we're not going to hit the ground. <laughs> we're a few thousand feet above the ground now. Okay, pull the power back a little bit on that, on that engine. Let's wait 10 or 15 seconds. Yeah, but it's a flame out there. Wait 10 or 15 seconds. Sometimes it'll go out by itself when you just reduce the power. It didn't go out. Okay. Let's arm the fire bottle. I mean, understand what I'm talking about. You, yeah. People say, well, we've only got, you know, we've only got a minute to do this. Yeah, but a minute's longer than you think. See what I'm saying? But if you just reach up and do something, there's been cases where people shut down the good engine. Now they got one dead engine and one on fire. <laughs> it's happened. There's been people that shut down an engine too close to the ground and crashed. I mean, it's just crazy thing. Just get in a hurry. Don't get in a hurry. First of all, what's going on? We don't want to cause a bigger problem. Well, your life is that way too, isn't it? Just because something happens, oh, we got, we got a crisis. We got a, a big situation. No, no, sit down. First thing you need to do is sit down. Check your heart. God's on the throne. He knows more about what's going on here than you do. You just see a small part of the picture. What do I need to do, Lord? Ask him. And then check your heart. And don't be hasty. Don't fret. Don't be in a hurry to do something. How many understand, does it bear witness with your spirit? Do you know what I'm talking about? That people miss it so many times by moving too fast. They move too fast. They just do something. And then go, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Well, no, but now you've got more problems. Everybody say patience. patience. Peace. Peace. How many believe God is stressed out? Is he, I mean, there's a lot of junk going on in the earth. Is he fretting this morning on the throne? No. Is he wrapping the uh, arm of the, the throne with his fingers going? No. Is he sitting up there going, my, 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 my. What am I going to do for that bunch? Is he? No. Is he stressed at all? No. Is he not the God of peace? He's also called the God of patience in the New Testament. God of patience. I don't know how many times I've heard Christians, even ministers say, well, that's just one thing I'm short on. My patience is just not what it ought to be. And they act like that's okay. That is not okay. You really don't have any more faith than you do patience. That's a whole other message, but you don't. A lot of people can believe God for a day and a half, but you've got to have the patience undergirding your faith that you can believe God week after week, month after month, staying that, that staying power, that enduring. That's the people that get the blessings. That's the people that hear from God. Amen? Amen. How many times people give up when they were so close? Because see, the devil's going to pour the pressure on the greatest when you're the closest to that breakthrough, to that big financial blessing, or to that revelation, or to that direction. I mean, sure, he's going to put the pressure on the strongest when you're so close. Pressure to quit. Pressure to give up. Oh, but when you learn how the Lord is.
That, you know, that, this is one of the things that impresses me, one of the things that impresses me the most about our God is his amazing patience. Oh, I mean, he'll say something that he's going to do or something that's going to happen. Sure enough, a thousand years later. You talk about patience with people. I mean, you're ready to skin them and tan their hides, and he's not even really put out with them that much yet. Patient. Long-suffering. How many understand that reveals deep strength? Doesn't it? Great and deep strength. Is God strong? Is he stressed? No. Is he vexed? Is he frustrated? No. No, no. He is the God of peace. No matter what he sees in the earth, no matter what he hears, he has spoken his word. And he believes in himself that that word will prevail over all and it will come to pass. And it will. You and I must operate that way. We must become imitators of God. As dear children, like the scripture says. Thank you, Lord. Let me read another couple of verses here, and then let's let's move along. He said, uh, verse 8, Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. Skip down to verse, uh, this whole psalm is good. You should read it sometime if you're interested more in this. In verse 23, verse 23, the steps of a good man are what? Ordered. By the Lord. Actually, the word good is in italics there. So don't, don't overemphasize that. It just says the steps of a man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. And then on down to the 37th verse. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace, peace. Peace. Hallelujah. Go with me, if you would, to the book of John. John 8. And you might also find uh, James chapter 1. John 8. And James 1. Peace and patience are important keys and parts of being sensitive and being led of the Spirit. Every time I think about this, I think about Jesus in this particular situation. John chapter 8, verse 2, early in the morning, Jesus came down to the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and he taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman taken in adultery. And when they set her in the midst, they said, Master, this woman's taken in adultery, the very act. Moses in the law commanded that she should be stoned, but what do you say? So they think they've got him. Either way he goes, they think they've got him. If he says, yep, that's what the law says, stone her. Then the people are going to be upset because they think they've come to believe he's more compassionate and cares about them. Than these Pharisees and Sadducees. 
They think they got him if he does that. But if he says, no, no, don't stone her, they'll say, well, he's against the law. That's the plain word of God. He, he's got to be a teacher of error. They think they got him either way. And the enemy's always trying to get us in a corner where he thinks he's got us either way we go. But he's not as smart as God. I said, he's not as smart as God. Not even remotely. Nope. God's got wisdom for every situation. How to deal with it, what to do. But now, many times, many times when you first get into something, you don't see it. You don't know it. I don't know it at times. Seems like nearly every day. There's something has come up and you don't know what to do. Oh, but I know who does. I said, I know who does. And I've learned how to look to him. And I've learned that you look to him and you ask him, but then you must what? Wait. You must wait on him and don't move and don't just do something until you get that direction. And when you get it, you know it. It satisfies your heart. You know it. So when they put Jesus to this question in front of the crowd and they think they got him. Verse 6, they said this tempting him that they might have to accuse him. And so Jesus did what? 8-6. What did he do? Stooped down and started riding on the ground. Verse 7, and when they did what? Continued asking him. Now we don't know exactly how long he was on the ground. But it was some amount of time. And they're pressing the issue. They're asking him, what about it? They continued asking, what about it? What, stoner or do we not? Come on preacher. You got the answers? Do we stone or do we not? If you don't know the answer, what do you do? Now Jesus had emptied himself. And is operating as a man. By the Holy Spirit. Like we do. I can just see him. Checking his heart. Looking to the Father. And just kneeling down. Refusing to move, refusing to answer, refusing to to just make a statement until he gets from the Father. Didn't he say, I only say what I hear my Father say? And they're standing around him, jeering, pushing, pressuring. How many understand you've got to be able to resist pressure? I don't care if it's pressure from people on the job, pressure from family members, uh, so-called friends or or real friends, whatever, or or deadlines or or needs or requirements. Don't let any of these pressures push you into making a bad decision when you haven't heard from the Lord. You ask the Lord, Lord, show me what to do on this. I'm looking to you. And then in your heart, you are waiting on him. Waiting expectantly. I can see Jesus on the ground. Writing. There's a lot of conjecture about what he wrote. The scripture doesn't tell us exactly what he wrote. But he's writing. Writing. They're asking. It must have been longer than a few seconds. Because they continued asking. And this went on for a little while. But he just stays right there. Cool. Why? Because he knows his father will give him the wisdom. How to handle this. And I can just see a little smile come across his face. He's got it. (laughs) He's got it. So he stands back up. 
And he says, well, he that's without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And then he stooped down again and is writing on the ground. That's an answer. That's not what they wanted. It didn't work. And one by one, they all got convicted because they all knew they had missed it and all left. And this thing that was a potential powder keg is just defused, just like that. And now instead of them looking at Jesus and thinking ill of him, they're looking at these guys like, yeah, what are you doing out here anyway? And they all got ready to leave. They left. They got out of there. The wisdom of God. Oh, it'll fix any situation, friend. How many know that God can give you the wisdom of God? For anything on the job, anything at home, you can know what to do. If you'll ask Him, and if you'll look to Him, and if you'll stay cool, and have patience, and not do something until you know. But when it comes, if you've walked with the Lord any like this, you know what I'm talking about. When direction comes, you know it. You go, that's, that's it. That's it. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. And you know what to do. It satisfies your heart. But when you're thinking, I don't know. People say, well, let's do this. And you're going, ah, I don't know about that. Well, why don't we do this? Or we can try this. Ah, you haven't heard from God. Or you wouldn't be going, ah. Because when you hear from God, you don't go, ah, you go, ah. <laughs> you go, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got, and you know. We're not trying to hear voices or see visions. You just know by the witness on the inside, you know. You got James? Hallelujah. James chapter 1. Verse 2. My brethren... Do what? When you fall into divers temptations and tests and trials, know the seriousness of the situation. Huh? And battle with the forces of darkness. Do you hear what I'm talking about? It's a subtle thing. It's a subtle thing. No, what do you do? What do you do? Count it. All joy. That means you're strong. Don't get down. Yeah, but this is awful. There's a lot of stuff going on. You stand up and go, ha! (laughs) God's on the throne. The greater one still lives in me. The word is true. And my God will show me what to do with this. He will give me exactly the way. You might not have a clue in your head what you're going to do with this, but God will show me. He will show me. Everybody said out loud, he will show me. He will show me. And you wait on him until you get it. Joy. Joy and strength. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works. Patience. But hang in there and let patience have her perfect work that you may be what? Perfect, complete, entire, wanting Nothing. That sounds like total victory to me. Sounds like total victory. Was patience a part of it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Said out loud, I'm a child of God. 
I am led by the Spirit of God. I wait on the Lord every day and every night. I wait on Him. I look to Him. My eyes are on Him to show me what to do. And I don't go my own way. I don't yield to pressure and make rash decisions. I wait on the Lord and I hear from Him and He leads me and orders my steps and guides me in the right way every day. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.